Thank you for tuning in to the Her Royal Roots podcast station. We are currently in a series titled, A Wise Woman Builds Her House. Lessons are taught by Holda Dawid, or a special guest bringing insight to the Hebraic understanding of what it means to be a wife, mother, or a woman in a Hebraic community. All of the insight we give is through a scriptural, cultural, or bio-agricultural understanding of the times in which the scriptures were written. By listening, you will be tuning into a live recording of the session. We are so thankful that you chose to join us. We hope that you are blessed. Shalom. Royalty. Royalty. I was it a chosen people. Bible in my hand, word inside my heart, and pain before my eyes. Broken people wanting to believe in something, looking for a light, trying to find the truth. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now just asking that you give us quality time in your word, that what you share with us is able to permeate down um, through our minds and to our souls that we're able to take it and apply it and carry it out and share it with someone else um, where they may need it also. We ask that you would just bless our teacher and that you will give her the right words to say to convey the message that needs to be heard by us. We ask that you just um, watch over those who are still traveling and that you also watch over us as we travel back to our respective places at the end of this lesson. Amen. 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 All right, ladies. So I've been handed the baton today. And so last week we talked about the crown or the and the kale, the virtuous, the virtue of the woman and how um, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness to his bones. And we got in detail with this, and we talked about um, how, um, you know, basically the foolish woman from the inside out tears her home up, how the rottenness to the bones, the house could look perfect on the outside, but when you open the door, you really can see all that's going on. We've seen that um, virtue or the chaos meant um, she was the army, Valor, the host, the forces. She was the value of the home. She was the strength, the wealth, the power, and the might of the home. Um, and so we want to just kind of go into today, we're going to look at the hair and how that's also been deemed as our crown and how it's our crown of glory. We're going to look at with what glory means. Um, hair as our, it's. Um, we call it our crown, and we're going to talk about the different crowns that we wear throughout our stages and phases of life as we go through as um, in womanhood, going from even a young young lady, a maiden, or young young girl to an elder, and how that's supposed to look as well. Um, we know that our covering and how they com- our coverings communicate and express our identity. So we're going to talk about that, how our coverings identify us. We can tell a lot by person's adornment. Even if they're uh, your covering, there's some things that can still be revealed. Um, 
They tell whose we are and who we are. Our covering also conveys our identity. Um, a lot of times our covering, our head covering, um, identified us nationally and as well as duality, our, our nationality, who we belong to. Uh, we're identified by who we submit to and who controls us. Last, our hair is our protection and our glory. So much can be revealed by the things we deem insignificant. Because, you know, you think about hair, you don't think about, mm, that's just hair. But um, everything has a purpose. <clears throat> so just to open up a little bit, um, hair and our head and our covering. Hair was a sign. Um, you know, that in the Hebrew, the word hair, or I put it on our first point, say R, and I put the Hebrew, um, 8181, it's on your paper, mm -hmm. say R, and I believe this is a masculine noun, but it's also the same letters as gate. So the shin, the ayin, and the resh. Hair is like a gateway to the, um, and how did I write this? Um, so like, a, it's a gateway. So basically, the part of the, it's a gateway to our mind. It covers our head. You just think about, you think about even in birth, you think about the first thing is, what's the first thing covered when a child is born? And you're told just medically, they say, oh, well, because, you know, the baby, the heat escapes the head really fast. It's hard to keep their body temperature in. And then if you look at um, other nationalities, like if you look at the Hindi and the um, natives and, and a lot of um, Eastern cultured people, even Pacific uh, Islanders, um, a lot of people have to learn cultural context and cultural um, cultural uh, practices, even in medical fields, when the children are born in some nationalities, you can't touch the baby's head. Yeah, the parents absolutely. have to touch the baby's head or their feet. You can't touch first. that. First. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. First. And so um, the father or the mother or whatever has to be the first to touch the baby, and then they, they have rituals and symbols, symbolisms and stuff that they do, and they might tie a cord on the baby's wrist. And we, um, as we go into, we'll talk more about that too. So our covering, our hair is our covering. And there's another word, I'm not going to talk about that right now, but the human mind also is protected. We have our mind is protected by just the way that we're intricately made, our brain, our mind. And we know that our mind or the seat of our emotions, the hidden parts, um, they say guard your heart. You see that with all diligence for out at flows the issues of life but when you we remember that mind or our heart really is our mind so it's leb it's um the lament and the bet so that is the seat of our emotions our mind our um heart out of the abundance of our heart we see that in matthew 30 12 34 out of the abundance of our heart our mouth speaks so our hair has so many different um so many different functions. Um, I was just looking over some things, and it talks about the hair being antennas. If you look at, um, in the animal kingdom, you look at the lion. And the lion, people just think, oh, his mane, that's just an adornment. It's just something that's on his face. Um, 
every animal has a covering and has hair and every everybody like mice have whiskers it's their antennas they say mice they really don't have really good vision or eyesight so they usually crawl along baseboards and sides so that they can <laughs> i know right girls feel their way through wherever they're at through the house so that's why you usually see them scurrying along the sides of me but um their antennas how much more for us are, is our hair then, if it's a covering, our, and women as our as glory and our covering protection, covering our head? Um, anyway, when you look at the um, at the animal kingdom, the lion, his his hair serves as an ornament, so we think, but it's also a um, signal and a sign of his health. It talks about his health. I know, right? But the um, <laughs> the mane, even the um, the condition his mane is in mm-hmm. reveals his health. Mm-hmm. And and think about that when another animal is checking him out. Like, oh, he has a dark, and, and a lot of dark-maned um, lions are really becoming extinct. Not extinct, but they're very rare to see um, because of the nutrients and the different changes in the climates and the mm-hmm. food and stuff like that. But... Um, same with the the lion, his mane and the health of his hair and his mane tells it's an antenna and it protects and tells him when there's danger and certain things. Only always hear women have a sixth sense, or they know this, they know that. Um, your head and how you we talked about that last week too about the mind, keeping our minds clear. Um, you know we think about hair just being an adornment, but um, it's more than an adornment. It is. It has a function, and symbolically, you know that everything that that's um, that we see physically is has a symbolic meaning for spirituality. It reveals itself in three different ways. It manifests itself, just like our words manifest themselves, mm-hmm. because they start in our head or in our heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we say them with the, we think on them. We say it with our mouth, and then we usually act it out because right. once you say it, every cause and effect, every action, there's a reaction. So if we have thought something or thought a thought and then we engage with someone, there's going to be some recourse, something done back, and then we're going to end up with a situation one way or the other. We're going to have strife. We're going to end up with uh, discord, and then you're going to have to... Then you have to work through all the other stuff where there have, might have to be some reconciliation. But, um, were you thinking of that? Okay. Um, so when we think about that part of it, also hair, when we think about Samson and Delilah, mm-hmm. um, you remember his hair, he had the seven locks and his strength. He was born with a Nazarite vow. As women, we are, we have a vow because. The glory of the woman is her hair. We see that in scripture, and we'll get to that scripture a little bit later. But um, he had a vow, and in the hair, there's so much more to it as you're learning, as you go into it. The hair had symbolic also um, connotation as well because the hair absorbed energy, mm. and it was his strength. And so they, the men wore locks, and they fought, and they would tie their hair up, to contain the energy in the top of her head because the heat and energy in, uh, was lost out of the top of the head. Mm. Your hair um, <clears throat> absorbs your body, your skin absorbs vitamin D. So again, you can tell a lot about the condition of a person. Just like out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Mm-hmm. We have another 
vast organ, which is our skin. That tells a lot on us. Mm-hmm. Our hair and our skin can tell a lot on us. You can take a corpse and take a piece of the hair. You think about it like when you think about witchcraft and all this crazy stuff. But you can. That is the DNA of a person is contained in a follicle, in just one follicle of the hair. Mm-hmm. It is uh, an extension of your... Um, it's an extension of your nervous system. It's an appendage of your skin. It's not alive anymore, but everything about you is a marker in that. So your hair tells on you. Your skin tells on you. That's why they dig those mummies up. That's why they can tell you the markers of this person and that person and what nationality this person. Why do you think they got the mummies? <laughs> Seriously, though, right? <laughs> think about it. You think about it. Um, so... When we see the sayar or the hair, um, and we think about it being the gate or the gateway to something else, to the hidden things, our mind, to our thoughts, to um, even how we groom our hair tells what's going on. It does. Sometimes how we dress tells what's going on in our mind and in our hearts. Um, People always do that. Well, they would do it a lot in the Christian church, too. The first thing they want to do is they want to change how you put your clothes on. You can't cover up what's in my heart. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you, oh, well, you just got to be modest. But to, to be become modest, first of all, I have to have a lab transplant, like Mar, uh, Marika taught one time. I have to have a heart transplant first. Mm-hmm. I have to have a change of heart yeah, before yeah. I you put whatever you want on me. Yeah, but in my yeah. heart. If there's still darkness and hard and hardness going on here, I don't care what you put on me. Like they say, if you put a pig on a wig, it's still a pig. A A wig on a pig is still a pig, right? (laughs) So the same thing. Um, um, Also, we looked at um, the scriptures. I put them there for you, too. So we have Matthew 12, 34, Luke 6, 45. It talks about it out there, abundance of the heart. And... um, Jeremiah 17, 9, how our heart is deceitful and wicked above all else. And uh, Philippians 4 and 8, uh, whatsoever things are lovely, we think on these things. Our hair is a form of protection. It protects us from the radiation, um, protects us from, um, we have it all over. We have our eyebrows protect our eyes from sweat, our eyelashes protect uh, certain things from getting in and then I don't want to go as deep as I'll probably go off um, off record with that with some of the things that I saw um, but it's just interesting it's really interesting the things that we deem not important or that we have western culture has really ravished our understanding of us ourselves culturally um, being eastern people um, having Eastern customs, even when um, coming over here, when they came and the indigenous people that were here, they had Eastern perspective and Eastern hospitality. And the things that they did, it seemed weird to them, but they uh, they adopted their, their practices and told them they were uh, savages and wicked yeah, for doing them. Yeah, yeah. But they, they used them to their advantage. Mm-hmm. They strip the things from them and use it to their advantage. Hello. Yeah. Um, the next part is de'at or hidden parts. 
Another part um, thing about our hair and covering protects our hidden parts for protection. Um, that's why it says the wife. Um, it says the wife is the glory of the husband, and but she that maketh a shame is rottenness to his bones. But in order for her usually to reveal the ugly, we are, she's without a covering. You know, our hair also identified that too because when it talks about it in, um, you see it in the Brit Kaddish shower, it talks about um, when the woman prays, she's to cover her head and she's to have a covering. Um, we have to think about in the times of the Corinth church, they thought prostitution, they, the temple prostitutes existed. So they had real weird things going on. Mm. So again, they were their identity was revealed without their head being covered. It became a distraction because the women shaved their hair or cut their hair short. When they were in prostitution, they wore short shaved haircuts. Rebellion. So, rebel bald. bald. Mm -hmm. And so they just cover your head because it's too much distraction now okay. now that you've been you you've you've adopted the walk and you've come into the way cover your head up so that you don't become a distraction to those that are in the walk and are uh -huh. so i was thinking oh, i was thinking that paul probably did that writing because you had probably some temple prostitutes coming to know, to know. the messiah mm -hmm. And because of that, like you're saying, it is a distraction. So he mentions that there needed to be a head covering. They couldn't put another piece of hair on, but they could wrap their head mm -hmm. so that their head was covered. Until their hair grew back. And, and also mm -hmm. your, the shaving of the hair was this. When an enemy subdued another nation, what they did was... To show ownership, they removed the hair from the person's head. Mm. They took their hair off your head, shaved your hair off your head. Now you are subject to me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm your covering. And then, until your hair, when your hair grew back, go ahead. What you were going to say? No, that's Paul, where he got that from. Because it's twofold, mm -hmm. part prostitute, but part of it is a noble thing also. Mm -hmm. But wasn't always negative. So Deuteronomy twenty-one twelve, when we went yeah, through this, says. When you see a beautiful woman among the captives you're, and you want her to marry her, what she's supposed to do is you cut her nails and you make her shave her head off. And her she also, I mean her hair, yes, <laughs> not her head, shave her hair off. And cut her head off, off of let her head grow back. No, <laughs> shave her hair off. And she's also supposed to remove the clothes of her captivity. Right. Yes. And remain in your house right. until the hair grows back. Right. So if you talk about a custom of people who were single, she was to mourn her parents. Mm -hmm. So if you talk about a person who was single who came into the truth of Messiah mm -hmm. and they saw this custom, then they would want to follow it. So I am under the gods of my family. Mm -hmm. I am under these. I want to put myself under Yah. I don't have a husband. Because that whole passage is dealing with order. Order. Yah is the head of the right. man, man. And so he's talking about the married people and how they are. And so a lot of single women, they would say, okay, I'm going to cut my hair, cut my nails, I'm going to wrap my head. And it shows that now That's I am right. living under the authority of Yah mm -hmm. until a man comes. Mm -hmm. And then now I'll be under his authority and right. I can uncover my head. Right. So that it shows that I don't have a dream. Right. Right. Thank you. That's what right. we just talked about that too. We're talking about there's you have 
have markers and tracings and your diet can be traced through your hair. Your DNA can be traced through your nails and your hair. So you have to remove, and there's, there's nostalgia in that too. Going through, because you think about a woman when she's going through something, usually the first thing a woman does is cut her hair. She go, you go through a divorce. I have had plenty of haircuts going through. <laughs> I am either getting rid of a bad situation, I'm getting out of this, or I'm, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going on a diet. I've had my hair braided one time. The kids come home, Mom, what happened? Cut all the, cut all the hair. Just cut the braids, hair, and everything off, just down to nothing. I'm, I, a change is taking place. I'm going to submit to something else. And that's what I was going to say, the, the taking every thought. You know, the, the scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, take everything captive and bring it under the subjection or the under the obedience of Yahashua. So how do you take a person or how do you, you think about the home? So your head and the crowning, we're talking about the de'at now, mm-hmm. the hidden parts, protecting the hidden parts, your hidden parts are protected. The crown, we're called to put on the, the helmet of salvation. And that's to protect us in warfare because we know that in homes as well, there is warfare. Mm-hmm. How do you kill the whole cell? You attack the nucleus first. The mm-hmm. nucleus is the very the, the in, most important part of the object. And that's the, home, the mother, the head. You get in the head. Where the head goes, the body goes. Those things that are going on in the head, like I said, they're gonna come out. We just had a funny situation. So no, 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 not in front, not in front. <laughs> just some things. It might have been true, but it was, it was, it wasn't for the child to hear that because yeah. you don't ever want the child to. And I was just having that conversation with the significant other. I was saying, how do you, when people fail to see certain things, they can't protect, address, or diminish them. Um, I said, how do you think that she's quick witted and always has a, a recourse or something fast to come back with you know it's not she's learning by the order i say stuff i you are spoken to the way you speak to me sometimes <laughs> so she's right in the middle so right. she's picking that all up yeah. so hey you say something slick boom i say it back so again my mind changed so i have to constantly put on the helmet of salvation and remind myself that i'm in warfare in the home because if she learns how to be quick-witted and slick with her tongue and all that stuff with a man, then it, it's going to be a continual cycle. No, we gotta, we gotta. So I gotta learn to shut up sometimes too. Um, but again, it's like the core, the center, the eye, the heart, the focal point of the enemy too to attack is right here. That's right. The it's battlefield. The, battle is the hidden the parts. The day mm-hmm. The hidden parts. The hidden parts are the most important parts. It's not the outer adorning. It's what's inside. That's what you are um, wanting to. That's what you're. That's why the mind of uh, Yeshua is. We're told to put that on. And I'm looking at that part in my phone because that. That's Can I something. Something yes, please. So she was talking about how the energies and stuff is stored in your hair. Um, a lot of people experience this probably more than us loose-haired people, like people with locks. So I had locks for a while. Jess still has hers. And one of the things that most people who have locks will tell you, when they get heavier, because your hair stays. So the hair sheds in order to let certain things fall off. But when a person locks their hair, it keeps the energy in. So we're talking about vows that have to do with hair and women cutting their hair. Well, part of the reason why the vow of the Nazarite had to be ended with the shorning or the cutting off of their hair is because 
there was a certain amount of holiness that was attached to the growing of their hair and the way they carried themselves. And so if they left that hair on their head and then just went back into their regular lifestyle, it would be a curse to their head because the hair was grown holy. And so you had to take that hair off and pretty much give it to Yah. Or probably, I think they burned it. Burned it. Uh, burned, burned it, right? <laughs> so they wouldn't be sold in the temple like they're doing <laughs> And you see where those, yeah. those right. um, people rich. call them, they think they, they call them superstitions, <laughs> but yeah. you see where people get that from. Like, right. you got people that used to get their hair combed and they you comb the out their hair, whatever. She's like, oh, girl, give me my hair back. I'm like, get your hair, what you gonna do? I'm gonna burn it. Yeah. Why are you gonna burn yeah. the hair? Yeah. Well, you could do something with my hair and give me headaches, mm-hmm. or you could do this, but those were, we wonder yeah. where those things come from. But um, it's funny, there's always... In order to identify the fruit, you have to go back to the root of the tree. And so now that we're going back to the roots, you can see where some of these things were birthed out of. You can you see it now. You see where these things were birthed out of. Um, you also know that um, if the, the corruption can take place in the entire body if the nucleus is attacked. It, if the nucleus is attacked, then the entire body is attacked. Um, you might not tell over a, a, a period of time, but certain things that people eat, eventually it attacks their bodies. I've seen it happen to people that are really close to me, um, just even clients. I've watched people go from healthy, normal people to, you know, the doctor tell them, lose 50 pounds, lose 50 pounds, do A, B, C, and D. Mm-mm. Oh, I got this. Oh, it hurts to do this. Oh, it hurts to do that. Now it's even worse. It hurts. You can't see. Right. You're being guided around. There's certain things that happen. You're on dialysis now mm-hmm. because you let the diabetes that was only lose 50 pounds get so far out of control. Now you can't even, your kidneys walk. can't function. You can't walk. You have to be guided around. You lost a leg. Um, so those things, the behaviors, um, Again, the nucleus is attacked, and those things are hidden parts. And what goes on in the hidden parts is usually eventually revealed mm-hmm. in your hair, and in your nails, nails, and in your skin, and your, teeth. And your health, mm-hmm. <laughs> and your hidden parts. So that's another thing. It's just so important. Um, in your eyes. Yep, mm-hmm. it does. You can tell. Look at somebody's eyes. You can see the, the eyes are dull. Mm-hmm. When you start looking at... Um, these things, and we were just talking about that today, about um, how everything that um, happens manifests in the body. How do you introduce disease or sickness or corruption into your body? Not unless you're born with an ailment. Mm-hmm. Are you disease? You don't. You're not diseased. You might have a uh, um, genetic. Uh, disorder or something like that or a handicap that you were born with but if you're born a healthy person usually when sickness enters your body how does it get there sin you've inter- sin you've but you've introduced it into what one of one or more of the orifices you have your eyes your nose your mouth your ears and we think about that those things have hair too it's crazy like mm-hmm. bugs aren't flying in our ears we have microscopic things gnats they usually don't get in your ears yeah like like gnats, like the little gnats that fly around, different things. They don't, the flies, they don't get all the way in your ear no. because the hairs, the vibration, mm-hmm. you you feel that before it happens because mm-hmm. of the cilia or the, the small hairs in your small ears hairs. or your nose. Mm-hmm. Um, your eyelashes keep gnats and things that you look at your car when you're done driving. Sometimes you see all them bugs on the car. Just imagine mm-hmm. just walking. 
those things with your eyes, the, the lashes, those things, you're, you're protected. So you think about all these other things are protected, but our hands will stick something in our mouth and introduce disease to our yeah. entire body, yeah. and then it, it manifests. Um, so again, putting on the mind of Christ, we're told um, that to protect the da'ath or the hidden parts is to put on the mind of Christ. And in putting on the mind of Christ, you bring everything under subjection to Yah Christ, Yahshua, um, or the Hamasiah. You put on on the mind. And we have the mind. Mm-hmm. We've been yes, given man. the mind when we are when we walk in the way and we adopt the ways of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then we are given the Ruah, the ability to um do the things that we've been told to do. Did he wrote it? On, he said he wrote it on stone first, and now he's written it on the tablets yeah. in our on our heart. So um, that takes us to our. Uh, I did put the scriptures there too. Proverbs nine ten and Ephesians six seventeen. Can I, can I add something before you yeah. switch? So she talked about how the eyes and the ears and our noses have have these hairs. The hair, one of the root words for hair is uh, science, I mean, stomach, I mean, shin, iron, has to do with watchers, so, or something to guard. So your eyelashes guard your eyes, mm-hmm. your nasal hairs guard your nose, mm-hmm. the hairs in your ears guard your ears, the hair on your head guards your brain and your head. So you have these watchers, and so she's talking about putting on the mind of Christ and following after Messiah. the ancestors, mm-hmm. those are also considered watchers. watchers. That was good. Thank you for that too, because um, it helped me. And something else I was talking about earlier today, and I thought I knew I was gonna forget it, and I what I did until you said that. Um, okay, but think about it. Putting on the mind as we walk through life in the stages of our lives, um, from a young child, some things we have um, compartmentalized, and we've. We haven't forgot them, but they're just stored away. Mm-hmm. We haven't dealt with. But there's things that you can you've seen that you never cannot see. You can't unsee what you've seen. Mm-hmm. You can't unring a bell. You can't unhear what you've heard. You can't. So that's why you hear about the. the it's in scripture. Be, you know, your eyes are the gateways to the soul or to the nefesh. Be careful, your eyes, what you see. You know, the kids say, "Be careful, little feet, where you go." You can't ungo where you don't went. You cannot. You can't. You can not think about it, but once you've gone there, you can't come back. Right. You can't say, I never did that. No, you did it. You can't unhear what somebody has said to you. People say sticks and stones, that's a lie. Because the words hurt worse than the actual. I'd rather get a whooping sometimes than somebody. I'd rather get a whooping than you talk to me. That's how I used to be. Like, can you just whoop me now? No, I'm just, I'll take the beating for five hundred, Alex. <laughs> you know, let me. I'll just I I'll give me the whooping, and I'm gonna be locked in the room. And you want to talk to? Can you just whoop me? Cause I don't want to. You're gonna keep coming back. <laughs> I just take the beating. Your hands up. Um, you can't. You know what I mean? The things that are said and the things that you say, you can't take them back. Once those words are put out, they are forever out there, and they go to perform that which. Just like y'all said, my words do not return to me, boy. So we talk about that, too. They go to perform that which you sent them out to do. And at that time when you mad and you said, not good. Not good. Mm-hmm. Get, yeah. You have to stop them. You have to, you have to stop your words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And That's I was, a good one. I was reading um, Psalms 141 that David was saying, um, 
Lord put a guard over my mouth. Ooh, yeah. So I'm 141. I need to write that down. I was reading that um, yesterday and this morning. Tour being a watcher. A watcher. Uh, and it, was, it did say um, for me to watch what I said. Uh, Psalms 141. Uh, 141, it says, um, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Mm. Keep it. Mm -hmm. Keep the door of my lips. And we so know what guard, guard means, right? Mm -hmm. What does it mean in Hebrew? The word. But keep reading it. Keep reading it, though. Because Shamar. The gold, the gold is insidious. Hmm? Go ahead with the next the part. Oh, it says, Incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity, and let me not eat of their dainties. That's the King James Version. But um, I actually like the Laxaham English Bible. That's my favorite. Yeah. Um, Maybe you said it and I just didn't hear you. It says, Do not um, set a guard, O Yahweh, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors, door of my lips. Mm -hmm. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice, practice wicked deeds with men who do iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. Mm -hmm. Because yep, it becomes a part of who we are. And you know what I like, also like about it? It says, let a righteous one strike me in kindness and mm -hmm. let him chasten me. For it is oil for my head. Let not my head refuse it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, mm -hmm. I was talking to Timothy about this. I was saying, okay, there are times when people don't say things out of love to us. But they're correct, but they don't say it in love. Mm -hmm. So we close off our, our minds. It's like, I'm not mm -hmm. receiving that. But it is something to correct you, but they are saying it not in love. Mm -hmm. And then there are sometimes people are saying things to you in love, and you're still st stopping. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to receive it. Really. But I, I like how David says, let me listen to it, you know, because yeah. it's, mm -hmm. it's soothing, it's healing to my They're bones. They're adding something to you. They're, like mm -hmm. you said, it's going back to repair. Mm -hmm. If the words that came out of my mouth were wicked and they were going to destroy, then let a righteous one come in and repair. Stop those, rebuke me, thus changing the course exactly. of my words and causing me to repent of them so that right. they don't go out to do what they, what they were set to do. To yes. do. Yes. 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 And when you talk about, we talk about, um, I, wanted, I don't want to leave this part out about the wife being the crown of her husband. Also, a wife is, how can I say that? She tells on, just like the children tell on the parenting, mm -hmm. the wife tells on the covering a lot of times. She's the outward expression. She's the outward expression of it. And so he is called to so sanctify the wife. He's feeding her. He's called to sanctify the wife. <laughs> Love your wife like Hamasiah loved the church, mm -hmm. therefore laying down his life. Mm -hmm. um, just like in Philippians, uh, I think it's 2, 1 or 2, where it says, where Yeshua thought it not robbery mm -hmm. to be um, equal with Yah, mm -hmm. with the Father. He, he thought it not robbery. He even, he submitted himself even to uh, become obedient unto death that he might redeem his bride. We are the bride. And to make us a righteous bride, I have to die to redeem 
that which is being held captive by something else. And that's the same thing with uh, the, the hidden part. Your wife is the hidden part of the home. She's the nucleus. She's the heart. She can expose. And that's why a lot of times um, you look at women and people who have been in marriages 40, 30, 50 years or whatever. And you know the, the community knows what the man been doing. But his wife has been that crown, that righteous, that covering the attire, as, as will um, Atarah, to his head, even though he's been ugly. His, his, because she could have exposed him. She could have done a whole lot of things. But what had happened is she would end up tearing up her family. So she wears the crown and she, she's protected. She submits herself unto Yahweh under Yahushua's authority because her covering ain't right. So sometimes you have to know that, hey, you know what? I don't know her, but I know where I know somebody who is. <laughs> and you know, you see it because you see it a lot. You see it when you um I witness it and I've seen I've experienced it. When um divorce happens, a lot of times you see the women they go back to what they knew or what they did before. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of people, they run to the club or they run back to old friends or they run back to old habits. And you tell them, hey, no, we, you've been here before. We already did this. I know what I'm doing. No, you don't. You're out of control because you're, you've come from under your covering or your covering has left you uncovered. And you don't, you're not securely fastened. With, and that's what the mean of faith is. But what is the word, the Hebrew word, securely fastened? The, the letters evolve, but it's... Um... Anuma. Anuma. You're not securely fastened to anything. Because even if my roof fly off, you know, in the earthquake, they say if the roof coming off, you get under the table. You get submit under something or someone that is that has more weight than you do, that can keep you, hold you down. Um, so that part of the day, that's what I just wanted to put that part in there. And we'll go to the next part, which is, it says the woman is or her hair, and the woman is the crown or the glory of her husband, the kabod. Kabod. Glory or weight. The kabod means, you, you remember in, um, I forgot what scripture that was, where uh, I think it was, it was Samuel, and it was where Ichabod, where the spirit had left the building, the glory had left, the presence of Yah had left the building. Um, so we know that our glory is our weight. It um, is also the heavy or grievous or the rich or the burden of who we are. Like, yeah, um, the weight of his words are just the, the fact that he is un unsurmountable. You can't even weigh him and who he is because he's so much. But um, our our hair or the glory of our um of our of who is of of is the glory of who we are. We know that because we talked about it with our um with the diet, the foods, our hair and skin, all the stuff it tells on you. So to tell who you are. We talked about um it being our protection and also another word that I have here is sabah. 7872, which it talks about the gray hair. So, 
Sabah. Oh, what does it say about gray hair? I'm going to know. Yeah. Because I'm letting my gray hair show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, 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 the Hebrew, it says a hoary head or old age. But the gray hair is symbolic. Symbolic of your journey and where you've been and where you have arrived to. I talked about and we go through ages and stages. You go from being a child, being taught, being nurtured and cared for. To becoming a woman, uh, learning, having your own children, guarding, protecting, being a watcher and a watchman as well. Um, Then you become, you go to that that stage where um, you finally kind of like feel like you've arrived. But most women, we have gotten so far away from having elders. I, it's not even not even slavery because even in slavery we still ended up with big mamas and yeah. uh, grandmothers and you had elders and you had women and you had young women who respected the the wisdom of the elders um, or the sabah. Um, but with the gray hair, there should be a burden to educate mm-hmm. the women that are coming up under you. You've seen that in Second in Timothy where it says, "Older women teach the younger women how you teach them by." How do you teach? You teach by experience. Yeah. And you teach um, and you teach in in love and you have to expose at some point certain things and not expose to shame but expose to uh, allow the other person to gleam and grow from from your past and your experience. What's going on? So I just want to add yeah. something because she brought the word sabah, right? Mm-hmm. Sabah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the root of that is um, sib or seed. And it literally means to turn or to return. So when a woman is gray, it means that she's completed a cycle. And so she's now, she now, it shows that she's supposed to have. Now, some people are gray and haven't. But she's supposed to then be able to take everything she's learned on her cyclical journey. And then pass that on to the next generation. So when you see the gray, it should actually draw and attract women, mm-hmm. younger women to you, to be taught. We don't necessarily have to seek out the women to be taught. The gray and the wisdom and how the woman carries herself with this crown yeah. of, of sabah, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. makes people then come to her. It is, And it's funny because when you see a woman who's gray and she has like this like... Regal. You've seen them. They're, yes. they're there. You see them. And mm-hmm. it almost makes you go, wow. Yeah. Well, I, it, it makes you do that. And you want to know. I want to know. I want to get in her head. Like, that's what that's I was going to just say. That you just took the next thought <laughs> okay, out of my head. head. No, well, because I was saying that. Um, <laughs> the adorning with the gray hair talks about um, the grain years of the gray head. You look at Proverbs 16.31. It talks about folly and wisdom. Um, go ahead. You want to read it? Um, gray hair shouldn't equate to folly. You know what I mean? So if that dog right there, meow, I know something wrong. It's all out of it's all out of whack. You know what I mean? It's not what it looks like. And so I always say that. I said, you know, uh, I say it a lot, and I'm I've been. I guess I don't. I sometimes I have a I have a filter, but I, I just have a way of saying things. I mean it. it I don't mean to be funny, but I say like silly old women were silly young women. 
And some of them never just grow up. Right. You don't just get old and stupid. You were stupid young. Yes. You know what I mean? You do. You're like, you know, old and silly. You know what I mean? Like, you see, you see it. I see old, foolish women rolling joints on Facebook, going over, going, fighting out in the middle of the street with sticks, beating each other over cigarettes. You see it. And I'm like, they didn't just. It didn't just, they, did, they didn't just wake up and arrive. They're stuck in a cycle. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, the cyclical. So we are, every round goes higher and higher. And we talked about that with the breaking of the cycles. And Marika talked about that also with the, um, right here with the prolong, renew, and return. Prolong, renew, return. It is, there are cycles you have to go through. We have to break some cycles. There are things, unlearning things are just as hard as learning them. It's easy to stay the same it is it's easy to it's easy to get mad and flip foul foul and talk foul and do this it's easy it's harder to restrain i say sometimes i I know i have a mouthful of blood biting my tongue you know not saying certain things not acting out certain things sometimes i've i literally cried like oh she cried no i'm not crying because i'm I want to do something really <laughs> stupid to you. Right. <laughs> I'm not crying because of you. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm not. A fr- I'm not. It's like, it's not that. I just, I know yeah. that there are cycles I need to complete. <laughs> there are things that need to be seen and there are things that I need to show somebody. I need to show them that there is a different way. So, yeah. the. F- Go ahead, but. I just wanted to add to um, what to Marika today, was saying and just, yeah, but. Um, when when you're completing that cycle, when you're in the, in the gray hair and you're preparing for the other side, you have to be able to identify the um, the the energies because they won't know until it's too late when you tell them. Right. Thank you. Yep. Who who won't know? The, the, the generation that you're supposed to yeah. oh. when an elder dies a library goes with them yeah. if you don't sit under them uh-huh. that's, I, that's good that's, right. so that, that, that's your verse first. Go ahead. Go ahead. you want me to read the verse and then you want yeah. okay so the verse says the hoary head or the this, um, Sabah, head. Sabah is a crown of atara of glory and this word glory in this sense builds with, but it means beautiful, beautiful. it's beautiful if it be found in the direct or on the path of a righteous person. Mm-hmm. But look how foolish it is when you see 30, 40 year olds. And I'm not talking about gray because they're just genetically predisposed to go gray. But they've lived a hard, mm-hmm. rough life. And it shows and it's ugly. Mm-hmm. And so you can see the difference how yep. scripture contrasts that. Right. And I, I don't know if you said it, but correction. Right, she mentioned that that mm-hmm. that it is. If it's found on the person that's righteous, then you know when you come to this person, they can show you to the same path that they've gone down. Gone to but a foolish person is only going to draw you into more folly. They're just better at the folly. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The way, especially us, the way we learn is through experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what somebody sat down and told us, but what we didn't actually see. Right. And when when you get old and uh. You are able to see what you what your words and what your actions have brought to life. You yes. have to then subdue them or nurture them and mm-hmm. make sure that when you cross over, they're still cared for and the things that they need. Mm-hmm. In other words, like with seed saving. In other words, mm-hmm. the, the, shh, 
Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like right now, um, I'm an academic coach. I sort of had to wiggle my way into that. But anyway, um, and it's because I want to share. I'm always told, wow, you're the best SDC teacher you, we've had in this whole school district. Well, why aren't you using my knowledge? Why aren't mm -hmm. you doing, you know, I have an abundance of knowledge, knowledge. to give you guys. So now this year, I'm an academic coach. So now I'm able to spread the information. And we got a whole lot of brand new people mm -hmm. who haven't even been in a classroom before. Yeah. So I have the knowledge. And so now it's like I have people where I'm sharing that information yeah. with them to embedder them. But I know I'm not going to always be there. Mm -hmm. And I want the work to go forward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's good. And Deuteronomy 6 tells us, 6, six and 7, we're in, we're in that. But, um, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons. And you shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as signs on your hands, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. So, trip when you talk about the forehead, talk mm -hmm. about the forehead, frontals on your forehead. We all talk about the pineal gland, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we wonder why sometimes we see in Eastern culture, we see the Hindi women with their um, the third eye. But your forehead, y'all even made that a certain way. It's porous. The bones in the forehead are porous to absorb the light, to shine into the pineal gland. So. When he's telling you these things, it, everything is purpose. It has a purpose for that. And I designed you for that very reason. For it says, because if the eye is dim, the whole body is dim, right? Mm -hmm. So how does the light get in? Because you know why with your eyes, you cannot directly look into the sun. You'll burn your retina, you, the UV rays. But he's also deemed you, he's created you with your forehead a certain way and porous so that the light of the outside energies and the things that the sun gives off can come in. But also he's told you, you're told also to put on the helmet of salvation. Once the things that he's enlightened you with are in your mind so that you can think on those things. So you can meditate on those things. Yeah. And so a day and night, day and night, um, which one? Oh, where it says, um, bind them, bind them as, a as a sign on your hand and, a, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. That's a six, eight, seven, eight. Bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. So that's interesting. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. He's talking about Torah, because we know mm -hmm. through uh, uh, Psalm one fifty. What's the longest psalm? One thirty nine. One thirty nine. One nineteen. Talks about the Torah. Torah. The light is a lamp. I mean, the the word is a light lamp. and a lamp. lamp. And so if you're talking about something that's going to illuminate the spiritual eye, then you want Torah to be the light, light. that illuminates. We're not going to stand out in the sun mm -mm. and worship the sun like the 
other cultures, cultures. I don't even name any. You, you're not going to do that. He's like, yes, that's important. I've already set up your body to do that. It naturally it does naturally that. You have to do it does go outside. Mm-hmm. But the part that your body doesn't naturally do because of your sin nature is it's not going to naturally absorb the word. word. So you have to keep you it to keep in front of your mind so that you can mm-hmm. illuminate to the places that actually need to be lit, the places that are naturally, because of sin, spiritually dark. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we are told that the gray hair is supposed to burden. You're supposed to, when that hair, when you are that way, like so, when you're about to cross over, when you, just like you said, there's an urgency. There should be an urgency to correct. There should be a burden to educate, a burden to train, especially like even when you see the days getting as dark as they're getting. And then Deuteronomy um, 28 tell, and 1 tells us to fully obey and carefully follow Yah's words. And he will set us high above the nations on the earth of the earth. Um, knowing that in the land of our captors, a lot of us have a lot of them have fallen away from Torah and truth. Um, but there are still a remnant, and there's remnants of families that are still, like she said, regal and set above, and they're they stand out, and people come to them for wisdom, for understanding, and for knowledge. Because of their obedience, Yah has Put them in a position where others will come and glean from the table, and it's awesome. It's it's just a um, it's just an awesome, awesome, awesome task. It's a burden, but again, it's an awesome task to be able to have access. The next generation of trans, you know, you see it. Um, I see it like when all the kids are over and the grandkids are over, and it's like, wow, this is your inheritance. And what is the enemy trying to stop us from leaving? The family family and a godly, honorable or or godly inheritance. Mm -hmm. That's the inheritance. People think, oh, I didn't leave the house. As soon as my die, I heard about someone passing. First thing they did, the man at the hospital did, the family go, they ransacked the house, rental houses, make sure they take the money and stole the safe, insurance, insurance, looking for the policies, who got this and who's on what. They not at the hospital trying to comfort the family, nobody. They looking for oh what monetary. But what about or what about spiritual inheritance? inheritance? Yeah. What did they leave? What can you sit and, and recall and bring to your recollection? Um, and that takes us back to into our the Atarah or the crown. So, you know, we are <clears throat> Yah's prized possession, set apart nation, and not only as women. Um, I think let me make sure I get this right. Scripture, um, Psalm. No, it where it says the daughters of Zion. Which one is that? Where does it say? Uh. Oh, I can't even think of the word. Not enamored, but he is. I'll come back to it. Um, anyway, we are the bride. The whole congregation is the bride that, Yah, that uh, Yahushua has redeemed. But as um, women, we are a prized possession. We should be to our husband and to our family. But as a set-apart nation, just like as a wife, the crown sets you apart. Um wearing this it puts you in there's a different responsibility on your head um 
we know that um, the Atchurah was a wreath. And we've seen some, we've seen last week we looked at the marriage crown. Um, um, and you know, the Yahushua wore a crown or a thorns, which was a burden, pain, yeah, strife, yeah. Uh, suffering. And so um, we're set apart as a nation. And so we know that we talked about our, the weight or the weight of our, um, the glory or the um, kabod, it was the weight of who we are. You know, eventually, all of our deeds are going to find us out. You see in Proverbs 31, 31, where it says, give her the works of her hands, and all of her children rise, and they call it blessed, and give her the works of her hands. Mm -hmm. So we all do, at the end of it, receive the works of our hands, and that is basically, if you want to say metaphorically, our crown as well. Um, we know in Revelations, I think it's twenty two twelve, and then Revelations three eleven talks about the crown that was given to those that endure to the end, mm -hmm. and the twenty four elders received their crowns, and then it talks about in the crowns, the jewels in the crowns. Mm -hmm. So you think about the thing, but we're, we're going to take the crown and we're going to mm -hmm. give it back. Mm -hmm. What is it going to look like to some, for some women who? Um, the works of your hand when you have to present the works of your hands back to the homicide. Well, you have you hopefully you have something. So hopefully you have something to, yeah. to give back. Yeah. Right? The works of your hands. So, um or what is your weight? What you know, what what was your because basically all we're giving back is what he gave us. Right. Because the spirit and the um the things that he's given us on earth, it's all the children. The position, mm -hmm. the um, stewardship of children and grandchildren, and some people have great-grandchildren. So the stewardship of the things that he's given us all are his for us to give back. And that's, um, we wear that, we wear those crowns as well. And in, in life, our, um, like I said, in every stage we wear our crowns. Um, I have here, I don't know if I put them down on your paper. Yeah, I did. Matthew five twelve. Let's read those. So do you just change? Because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like since I came here, I went through all this that you just said. That's weird. It's yeah. me out. It is, um, I have an aunt who's 103. I think she's 103, 103, 103. She's born in 1812. So she should be. They were asking her some things, and she was saying, she said, it's a journey. It's not a marathon. Mm -hmm. It's a journey. You sojourn through this life. And if, I believe, she was, um, she dropped out of school well, she had to, when she was eight, nine, mm -hmm. to help on the farm. Her mm -hmm. mom was having babies. It was all kinds of things like that. So third grade education, but self-taught. But then went on back to school and got educated played the piano, taught piano, all these things. But she's, um, as she said, she said, you know, and, and in her understanding, that's what she was saying, you, God is here. He's in you, and you do the things that you know are right. You know what I mean? She just is, is you just, when you listen to him talk, you say, okay. You decipher through some of that. He's like, not formally educated, but having the heart to know. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's a, it's, 
it's uh, it to submit under her and sit and listen. Now she all scribble scrabble down stuff is you know she's aging and yeah. thoughts and things are as part of just going on back to the father. You kind of her mind is going, but. I remember going and talking to her in her late 80s and early 90s. Like, oh, I still, in my mind, I'm 13. I'm sharp. Oh. I still can think. My body don't do what I tell it to do <laughs> no more, but, you know, in your mind. Um, so we know that our Atura or the crown is, is a, um, everybody doesn't, it's not a, it's a privilege. It's not, everybody don't deserve we talk about that too. Parents, sometimes they don't deserve the the things that um, I don't even know. I don't want to say that the wrong way. Um, help me here, so I don't go all the way off the deep end. Oh, like <laughs> yeah, because they, because of Yah has laws, and while we don't understand necessarily why they're carried out, even people who don't exemplify the behaviors in that, yes. And that should cause those things to be reciprocated. He calls us to do them anyway. Anyway, just like prayer, you're not mm-hmm. praying so that Yah hears you pray. You're praying so that you understand mm-hmm. what you need, and you're confirming and conferring with Him about the things that need, need to, be, to done. be done. Same yeah. thing with honor. You don't honor because you need it. You honor so that you set example for what they didn't, didn't do, do, so that your seed knows how to honor absolutely you. I'll honor you. That's that's it. That's absolutely what I'm trying to say. Yes. Because you have to, because prayer is a process. It's part of a process. Mm-hmm. So you have to actually say things in order for them to be able to to be manifested. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why Yeshua prayed. Right. It brings them into the universe. The words like you you send them forth, they do mm-hmm. what they what were, they were sent, sent out to, to do. do. And so when you do deeds, and when you do certain things, you're sending forth. Mm-hmm. And we always use karma, but it's that thing. You're sending forth good seed so that it's scattered and so that you can then reap, like you said, the crown or the jewels back that you also cast forth. They multiply. They multiply into other people. So it could be negative or positive. It could be negative yep, or it positive. It says you reap what you sow. You do. Mm-hmm. And so if you sow negative, you're going to mm-hmm. reap the negative. And to go back to, I just wanted to touch on something last week and, and this week as well, submitting and to bring other things under submission, and even with our Atarah, we talked about Sarah or Sarah when she called Abram uh, Lord. Mm-hmm. What she called him was Baal or the Lord. Lord or husband or ruler mm-hmm. or the one that I'm subject to. Mm-hmm. And um, she spoke those things, like she said, she spoke those things into existence because he wasn't always, always acting like you. <laughs> Throw her out to the wolves. Then go tell them you are my sister. Cause they gonna kill me. So you know, going on in there in that house, and they. Uh, <laughs> and then we also talk about um, the elders. That was something else I wanted to touch on, um, with Moshe. And at the end of six, I mean, at the end of Deuteronomy, we'll see where he laid the laying of hands. And the transference of the energy, and that's what the the uh, the gray hair. Because but it said even Moses at that age was still as sharp and agile as a man as when he left Egypt. He could still probably break somebody's back if he wanted to. That's how wow. in shape he still was. But it was it was his time. It, it was time to go. And so um, 
talking about too it said where uh, it said like acts thirteen thirty six. now when dawid had served yah's purposes in his own generation he fell asleep he was buried with his ancestors and his body was decayed he fell asleep he just went to sleep so his, the body decays when you die, die. the body's not necessarily supposed, supposed to decay, decay while, while you're, you're alive living. exactly oh, it said so when he served the purposes of yah <laughs> and that's the thing with our crown um we're supposed to wear these crowns until our purpose is served. Yeah. And when our purpose is served here, we are supposed to then, again, the transference of the energy, the transfer, the laying of the hands like they did. They would come in and hold my hand. You would see, I, I was just watching, uh, I think it was Karate Kid. Yeah. They were giving back. Come hold my, they, the father came in and he crossed his hands and made the sons hold hands and he made them hold hands. They had been fighting. And he just went to sleep. He didn't have to say anything because they knew what he wanted done. Okay, the bridge the gap now. We're gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna pour into to you. you. What? I'm not gonna pour into nothing. I'm just I'm just gonna let my spirit just. Because no, people would ask. Hey, I mean, it's kind of, sounds funny, but Elijah. I mean, Elisha asked Elijah. He said, for a double Give me portion. a portion of your spirit. How is that even possible? Portion. He's like, don't let that just go. You gotta go, but. Give me some of that. <laughs> right. and, and, your, and your passing is a witness. And so it's really important to make sure that, I mean, you, you, you know, through living through life, you can't really make sure unless you're doing that, mm -hmm. that you pass well. Mm -hmm. You know, right. that's important. That's really important. And we see here in Revelations 3.11 where um, it is said, it's written in red, so uh, Yahweh is speaking or the Hamasiah is speaking. He said, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have in order that no one take your crown. Mm -hmm. Hold fast. Hold on to what you know, what you know to be true, what you're securely fastened, what you're securely anchored in. Hold on to the truths. Pass them on. Again, like I said, when the elders go and you haven't taken the time to sit under them, a library goes with them. But at, at a certain point, too, there should become, um, I always say this, the enemy loves secrets, mm -hmm. and he can torment you with your secrets, but you can be healed with the truth. The truth 
It says the so truth will make you free. You free. Yeah. So the truth is not for everybody. I hate when people want to give a testimony to all their business and I'm like wanting to get <laughs> under the chair in under a the and die. <laughs> because it ain't for everybody. <laughs> you just give everybody a something to talk about. You know what I mean? Right. But there is a such thing. That's why I don't believe in the whole witnessing door to door, knocking on the door. No, y'all sets it up. There are divine appointments. Mm -hmm. There are divine people that are invited into your life. There are people that are around for such a time as that and they they are drawn and they are and it don't it's not a one day thing. I, I know myself case in point, I warm up to people. I don't just you might think because I say a whole lot of words, you know a whole lot, and I'm just talking because you don't know nothing that's going on in my head. Because if you knew, you'd probably leave right now. Like, like no. <laughs> I'm going to leave. She is nuts. No. I mean, and then we do because I was talking to my son, and I, you know, teaching your children just in those things, the crown, the different crowns I have to wear because I fight a lot. Um, I'm very passionate, and I'm very about my kids and about people I love. It is. The, the the grizzly mama bear it's a mess so I was my husband was like you know you gotta let them kids go they grown and I'd have to watch the, like I said the whole tone but I'm their mother until I die when they 18 they grown no 18 is just like the bird or like the uh, I'm not I don't have the innate like an animal I push them out the nest and if you fall and bust your head I'm just I'm just down there and then the cat bird dog whatever come like eat you up eaglet. no we don't I don't do that if I push you out to swim, I'm watching you swim from here. But believe me, if the current get too deep, mama is coming in and I'm drowning with you and we're going to die getting out together. I'm That is what parents, that's what a mother is supposed to do. So um, he was talking to me about praying and I had, to, I had to bring him back to that. It's different hats we wear. I don't know how to be a mother to a, I mean, I don't know how to teach a man how to be a man but I know in those instances where they need the nurturing like mom you know I've been trying to pray and when I'm praying he's like I'll be praying and cuss words come in my mind and different things <laughs> and it's true <laughs> you have to put on the helmet I said that means you have to remove certain things or we talk about removing the clutter bring everything into subjection I'm like that right now it's just like praying and everything is all loop-de-loop yeah. and I'm like, I need somewhere to pray. I need, I'm like, I'm going to my area to pray. You had bikes on my prayer area. I'm like, oh, no. I'm, no. <laughs> yes. Um, mm-hmm. you, need to, you need to go in yeah. and you need to meditate. Find your joy in your rest. Yeah. Let that, let your mind be clear. Clear. Yeah. Then speak out loud. Right. With yeah, and make sure when you go into that meditation, that you're reading the word so that you can rid everything. So you can rid your mind, and that's yeah. what I had to start doing first. I was like, I used to do that first. I would read the Psalms, and I would get to where I'm meditating on the word, and then a song would come in your heart. Mom would always say, she said, she called me, she said, sing me a song. I'm like, I don't want to sing. She's like, what song is on your heart? She said, I don't have no song. She said, yes, you do. She said, what's that? I like this song when you sing. So she, I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, yep. And so by the time we're done, whatever was in, then I'm, it's out. Now yeah. I can talk about what's going on. I was like, hmm. And it is. And so I so, I found myself doing that. I was like, in the car, comes a time, sometimes you get silent and you don't say anything and you're not praying. You don't know what to pray. Because you're not meditating on truth. Um, yeah, and our, and our spiritual senses aren't developed at all. We 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 try to chew on things that that we can't, and where we should only be drinking milk until we're, you know, mm-hmm. we haven't had the, we haven't got through the the period to where 
we can deal with the stuff that we didn't put ourselves in. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely. Huh. Yeah. And so just to finish this off, I'm just going to read Revelations 22, 12, and you guys have the other scriptures, and you guys can study on those. And if I left anything out, we'll be able to add it in next week because I think I'm still on mm-hmm. for next week too. So... Um, just with the crown and the rewards, and we have an earthly reward. I mean, we have a reward for finishing this race, and it's the crown of life. So there are many crowns. So in life, you have crowns that we wear, but we're going to end with, at completion, you will receive the crown of life for completing this race. And he says again, Behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. And he says, I am the olive and the tab. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. And so, and the crown is his. And so, again, Proverbs 31, 31 says, give her the works of her hands. So that's what we want to do. We want to receive the works of our hands. And I don't want to be holding lumps of coal and mush and dirt and crap. I want my reward to be fruitful. I want somebody to be, I want to be able to put it at the table and we can feast on it. I don't want it to be maggots and worms. and I don't. And it talks about that, right? (laughs) Rotten fruit produces maggots and worms and it destroys the mouth of the daughters of Zion. I found lost in there. Ladies, at thy right hand stands the queen in gold from Ophir. Listen, O daughters, give attention and incline your ear. Forget the people of your father's house. Then the king will desire your beauty because he is your Elohim. Bow down to him. And the daughters of Tyre will come with the gift. The rich among the people will entreat your your favor. The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is interwoven with gold. She will be led to the king in embroidered works. The virgins, her companions, who follow her, will be brought to thee. They will be led forth with gladness and rejoicing. They will enter the king's palace. In place of your fathers will be your sons. You shall make them princes in all the earth. And I will cause thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, the peoples will give thee thanks forever and ever. And that's Psalm 45, yeah, 45 and 9.